This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Eugene and Angus had returned to their private investigation business. All seemed calm, so they were surprised to see an old friend walk through the door. Oh, thank heavens. It's good to see you both up and about. Kato! How are ya? Up top, my man. Uh, uh, what is up on top? Your hat. Top hat. Very fashionable. Oh, well, I thank you. Fashion, though, is a realm that exceeds my grasp. Unless it's edible fashion, that is. How are your injuries? Just a bit black and blue. Um, no offense. Um, offense at what? Nothing. We're square. Mm. Uh, right. And they say your memory of that day is completely gone? No recollection of anything at all? Indeed. But to be fair, the old remember box has been a tad dinged up for a while now. Eh, I mean, overall, the greater damage was to property, not body. Oh, indeed. Please accept my apologies, Eugene, in regards to the conflagration that consumed your home. As the old saying goes, fire bad. Oh, I feel it is somehow my fault, having left you alone in the state you were in, that yeah. is. <laughs> Angus and I find ourselves in burning buildings more often than you'd think. Indeed, it was quite true. That's not a candle, that's a stick of dynamite. Damn you, Alfred Nobel, you've once again bested me. Oh, I'll dunk it in this barrel of water. Oh, that's not water, that's fire. What the bollywick? It's spreading. And also, throw that dynamite! Oh, right, the mite. <laughs> also... These papyri survived over 2,000 years. And Bad news. The- oh, how did they burn so quickly? Oh, it's spreading. Yes, women eat sandwiches. Don't act so surprised. It's not your vulgar eating that is vexing. My museum is aflame. Oh. And also... How did this happen again? I'm not sure, but this happens a lot. Remember that one time? Not a candle, that's a stick of dynamite. Damn you, Alfred Nobel, you've once again bested me. Oh, I'll dunk it in this barrel of water. We don't have time to remember that fire. Everything is currently ablaze. We need to get out of here. That is a bewildering amount of blazes. How did that one fire start? Shrug. But as they say, fire bad. You already said that. It's the hot new phrase. Get it? Because... New is Greek for fire? Uh, No, it is not. Never mind. Anyway, let me move this conversation forward. At first, I had hoped all this goings-on had turned Flavius Flavors away from felonious deeds. The classic change of heart. Mm Mm-hmm. However, he is still up to something. The classic stasis of heart. Mm, Perhaps he's an even dirtier dealer than before. The classic 
worsening of heart. The root cause of Flavor's motives are tied, I believe, to his upbringing. He grew up in the small village of Peace Blossom, Pennsylvania. I bet buried there is the secret to this whole plot. I've meant to go myself, but I'm busy with the fair of past and future. Ooh, I'm excited about the rhombus of progress. I heard it has a fountain. A fountain? Oh, yes, the fountain. Hmm. Tis the fair's crown jewel. But isn't a rhombus a two-dimensional shape? Isn't it more a cube? No, because it's a skew. Its sides are not in alignment. I mean, wouldn't that be a hedron of some kind? Uh, hedron means face. After uh, mm. The rhombus is more of a... Hmm, hmm. Rather, in Euclidean terms, it's a... Sounds like a mistake. It's no mistake. All of this is how it must be. Do not challenge me. No notes. No, no, no. Who do you think you are? Rather, <laughs> that's what Flavius would say. Hmm, see how evil that was. So you see, I have no time to go to Peace Blossom, Pennsylvania. If only someone could. I'm sure that long, tedious, out-of-the-way trip could solve everything. It's too bad no one can go. Yes, no one could go. Hmm, there's no one. Is there? Nope. Oh well. Thanks for visiting. Hmm. We cannot think of anyone, not one soul. I could pay for it, gladly. It's a real shame. Really, there's, there's no one or two who could go? You can't think of anyone who could investigate, whose job it is to investigate. People who solve mysteries. No one can go. You'd think we'd know someone. I mean, we don't have any cases at the moment. We have no one to bugger. Hmm, yes. Right. Wait! I have an idea. You can't go, but what if we go? Oh, yes. Oh, well, good idea. My friend Armand Wego. He lives in California. He's a bit of an old coot. But I bet I could convince him to come east, go to Pennsylvania, while Angus and myself do everything here in the city to undermine and throw wrenches into the dealings of Onesimus Sweets Company and take it down as directly as possible. Huh. We, uh, we could do that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I see the game. You do remember. All of it. And this is just a ruse to upset me and get me to reveal how Wait, I- Wait! I wasn't listening just then, but what if Eugene and I go? We could do it. I've been restless in the city. Maybe my spark will be relit on this little sidelong quest. Works for me. Oh, well, <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> mm, Felix Culpa. Uh, I'll make the arrangements right now. Cato breathed a sigh of relief as he arranged for Angus and Eugene to travel to Peace Blossom, Pennsylvania. They went by train, then pony cart, and finally on piggyback via a traveling network of mail-carrying hogs called the Pig Livery Service. And while Angus and Eugene were on hogback, Shandel was dealing with a pork of another kind. Political pork, in the form of Tammany boss Richard Croker. Listen here, you up-jumped lass. I'm giving you one last out. If Conkling was alive, he'd take the paddle to your Hebraic behind and give you 40 lashes. I'm not afraid of your whole tough guy, Michigas. I've put too much into this campaign. I even lied about the government. Did you know the state senate alone has the power to confirm the governor's appointment of non-elected state officials and court judges? 
I've made my decision on a whim, but I've decided to live my life how I live it. Well, why not weigh your newfound enthusiasm against this here sack with a dollar sign on it? I don't need any sacks. Ah, even if they're filled with moolah. That's a lot of money. Oh, aye, enough to change plenty of minds. Well, not this mind. I'll win this election, and I'll vote how I want to vote, and I'll be the boss of no one, not even the people that voted for me. Okay, maybe them a little. Yeah, that's your problem. You're soft. You care. But I am going to show you the future. Behold, the future of politics. Your last minute democratic challenger due to a quick ballot adjustment. Enter now, come here. Taminatronic. Taminatronic, awaiting orders. Creep, creep. It's some sort of silver man mechanical. Indeed, this machine will vote however we tell it. It is the perfect candidate. This is a strip of approved political appointments and lucrative contracts. <laughs> ah, there you go. Yum, 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 yum. Positions approved. Commencing grab actions. They'll never cotton to this nonsense. A machine can't run for office. Can't run for. Sure, it can. As more of you mud people come, the more the people fear losing our American way. You're Irish! Yes, and you're making us Irish look like Americans in contrast. And things like Taminatronic here are the future in metal. Pure American-made stainful tin. You know, in Alabama, they voted for an ironing board instead of a Negro. In Michigan, they opted for a flag instead of a Polak. People would rather vote for objects than those they find objectionable. Such is the American way. Ha ha, ha ha. Future. Pushing. Huh? What was that? What? Nothing. It was the cogs and the gears of- about this soggy tin man. pushed Boss Croaker aside and grabbed the tin casing. He pulled it apart, revealing... Two newsies stacked on top of one another on stilts! Rats, this Jim Jam dame is squats to us! You voiced it, Bolly Roger! Mitts on Mary, post haste! Enough jaw, let's fleet our tappers! The jack ain't worth this! Your futuristic flim-flam doesn't work on me! You're pathetic! Tuh, pathetic? It worked on Senator Turpy. We convinced him little globs from space were stealing his underthairs. <laughs> oh, he was so scared. He actually bought Moon Man insurance. Uh, <laughs> no matter. No matter. I got scams aplenty. And you'll never find a polling place. This election, it's as good as gotten. So, enjoy your moral high ground. We'll be mooning you from down here. And before I go, I'll leave you with one of... Final thing! A Tammany toot! Ha <laughs> uh, 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 It's a stinker and a half! Oh, it's terrible! It's terrible! Like onions to my eyes! Oy. Shandell went out to get some air. She looked at the city. Does she stand a chance? Maybe, she thought. Also, should she get Dora flowers? Do women buy women flowers? Does it matter? Does she even like flowers, she wondered. According to records, Dora did, and Shandell did buy her some. 
What kind? I, oh, I don't know. The receipt just says flowers. It's unspecified. But specifics are exactly what Cato Beach gave Governor Roosevelt on his tour of the soon-to-open fair of past and future. Oh, and this, dear Governor Roosevelt, is the rhombus of progress. Oh, is this where I cut the ribbon? Mm-hmm, if you like. Mm, well, whatever gets the most attention on me, that's the key. Mm-hmm. Of course. Vanitas vanitatum, omnia vanitas. Uh, one can only hope. But really, it's more about inspiring the masses. They see me as a role model. I want to give them an eyeful. They paid for the whole moose. I'm not just going to give them an antler. Uh, speaking of that, uh, let's talk of something else. Each of these little alcoves will show the snackables of tomorrow. The caramel corn, tricolor fudge, saltwater taffy, crisped potato chips, butter-dipped butter, salt bombs, ooh, all the great options of hot cuisine. And this fountain is the crown jewel, the soda fountain. Fountain, fountain, fountain. I imagine there being large echoes. Soda? <clears throat> I'm sorry, repeat that. You said soda? You've seen those carbonated seltzer drinks. A bicarbonate soda added to water to give it a feel. Tickles the tongue. Verily. But what if we also browned the water? It filled it with sugar and some spices, hmm? A, a cola of sorts. Fizzed and ready. Mmm, a sweet drink with an addictive fizz. <laughs> oh, and that's not all. You would be amazed how many more calories you can drink than eat. We should have a contest. A regular man drinks as much as they can of this soda, while I eat as much as I can of solid food. Whoever consumes the most calories wins. It could be a good way to find a stick and... What? Oh, uh, nothing. <laughs> Ignore that last part. Focus on the Chug vs. Chew contest I've suggested. It is a horribly terrific, terrific, horrible idea. Horribly terrific, even. Oh, consumption is wonderful. Well, that's true, except in regards to tuberculosis. That's the bad sort of consumption. Ooh, wise words, Governor. Let me show you the order of fryers, fried to order tent. Inside is a well, in which you will be able to deep fry any item you choose. French fries, cheeseburgers, chocolate-covered cheeseburgers, hmm? chickens, turkeys. Oh, anyway, I hope it will be a staple of fares to come. This way. <laughs> this way. Bully! <laughs> Bully! Bully! After several days of travel, Eugene and Angus found their way to Peas Blossom, Pennsylvania. They searched the town for any sign of the Flavors family and found a young woman who claimed to be a niece of Maud Flavors, Flavius's mother. She invited them back to her small home. If you could just tell us the horrible dark secret of the Flavors family, we'll be on our way. You city folks and your love of dark secrets. You look familiar. Have we met? Well, I'm a simple bumpkin. Country variety. Um, <clears throat> about that secret? You must think me rude. At least let me offer you pie. Um, don't need the pie. Just, uh, the secret? At least let me offer you pie. Fine. We'll have one quick courtesy slice. Well, I have some fresh milk to churn for the butter. Then I can pound and sift the flour. Eggs will be easy to obtain. Then the preserves set in the dough, rest in. Whipping the cream will be a solid couple of hours. I should have pie ready in about a day and a half. Uh, well, what? No, um, we gotta... We just drink the milk. <laughs> you agreed. It would be poor etiquette to back out now. We can't back out. What would Adolf Freiherr Nig say? Damn our societal politeness. 
Mm. We'll stay and enjoy your pie. <sighs> Good. Now, go play out back while I do back-breaking labor that pays nothing and is taken for granted. Shoo now! And so Eugene and Angus went out back and kicked a can around. But soon, Angus grew tired of kicking the can and threw it over the fence. The can! Buy on that can. I wasn't done kicking it. Why are we doing this? I think kick the can originally was created to keep goats from eating cans, but then it just sort no, of... No, no, no. This. Us. Why are we in Pennsylvania? It's better than New Jersey. Barely. But beyond that, what secret will we even find? What could... Huh. Your angry stomping kicked something up. What is... Huh, well, it's a, a wooden receipt from Pops Props Prop House. That's where I got my cane, when I went through that cane phase. But why is a receipt from a New York prop house buried in the ground? Let's talk to this pie-making woman and see if she knows anything. But we're still a solid 33 hours from the pie, not including cooling time. That's a risk worth taking. They went inside, but what they found was shocking. Remains of a partly eaten pie and a rolling pin... But she said... And there's flowers strewn about. What in tarnation? Oh, whoa, 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 Don't shoot, don't shoot. The anonymous tip was right. We got pie sitters. So speaks me, Sheriff Bufftickle. Oh, I have so many questions about your name. Stuff your questions in a query sack, hobo. I'm not a hobo. Spoken like a true hobo. Everyone knows a hobo would deny being a hobo. And if we said we were hobos? You're a hobo and a hobet. So there's no way to prove we're not hobos? Oh, la-di-da, proven. Sounds like a fancy hobo slang to me. We're not hobo. Then what you doing to that pie? Everyone knows when a hobo doesn't smell a pie cooling on a window, they float over on the aroma and they eat said pie. The evidence is everywhere. Pie on the floor, the flour, your greasy complexions. We can explain. Our skin is complete. I don't need you hobo explaining nothing. Uh, we also got this anonymous message. <clears throat> Two hobos are at the old house on Grievers Lane. They ate a pie and they will try to give you excuses, but don't listen. Signed a friend. So, explain that, hmm? But no, that will count as your trial. And if you lose, well, this here's a hanging district. <laughs> so, explain. Look, it all started when... Run! 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 gum speedy sports. I'll get you, you gall-pukin' transients. And with that, the chase began. The Landwell Murders is a Roy Gold production. It was written by Jonathan A. Goldberg with music by Matt Roy Berger. It was directed by James Oliva and mixed by Martin D. Fowler. Editing help by Hannah Fairchild. Support this show and others like it with Fable and Folly Plus. Ad-free audio dramas. Yes, please. I like drama in my audio, not in my life. Hear that, Trisha? You better not be stepping. What a messy bun who loves the tea. 
can't believe I said that. Why will I read anything they write down? Anyway, stay mysterious and I'll who done it toward the butler did it. Oh man, seriously, again with the planes. I don't know if the mic is picking them up, but I, I'm afraid they are. And then I don't want to do things and stuff and planes. And they're like, sonic sounds. You know, you know, you know about planes. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. <laughs>